Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, we're joined by Cassandra Margolin, Head of People Operations at Jasper AI, a market-leading generative AI content platform. Cassandra has been working in the HR and people operations industry for nearly a decade. She's currently the Head of People Operations at Jasper AI, having joined the group in March 2022, and brings prior technology and HR experience from roles at various startups, all of which have allowed Cassandra to gain an understanding of the impact that HR can have on a business and the people within while also developing a unique skill set in helping to scale and drive efficiency in hybrid and remote tech companies from an HR standpoint. She has spent the past 12 months building the foundation for all things people from the ground up at Jasper AI, and the company has grown from 25 to over 200 employees during her tenure, as Cassandra oversees and leads strategy for a team that is responsible for everything under the HR umbrella, such as total rewards, business partnering, employee experience, DEIB, and performance management. You may have met Cassandra as she was a recent guest on our Faces of HR profile series on HR Daily Advisor back in January 2023, but let's get her introduced. So Cassandra, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Hi, welcome. It's exciting to be here today. Well, it's great to have you on. I'm excited to dig into a conversation about HR tech and its impact specifically on one of the things you're working on, which is the scaling and onboarding and hiring and growing a team. But before we dig into that, let's just get you introduced a bit more to our audience. I'd love to share your story and take us through your career path and really share what led you to pursuing a career in HR. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's actually pretty funny because I actually never planned on a career in HR and I didn't necessarily pursue it in the beginning either. In fact, I was actually pretty against the idea of working in HR. I think like most people outside of our field, I just had this misconception about what HR really was. You know, I, I viewed it pretty negatively. So anyways, I had graduated from college. I had degrees in behavioral science and psychology, and I was working in a nonprofit in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. And so I spent my first year and a half there running behavioral treatment groups with a few of their inpatient facilities, um, oftentimes running conflict resolution sessions as well. Because I was in the nonprofit sector, though, the work available to me, it was only part-time, and I was at that stage in my life, I'm needing medical benefits, so I had a very open and honest conversation with our director of our program, and he was really compassionate, understanding my circumstances, but what turned into me asking for a reference ended up in a discussion about a full-time HR assistant role. I think my immediate response was just a laugh and, you know, just just a no, Um, but he convinced me to chat with the COO and a few others about the role. So long story short, I accepted this position. I spent the next two years learning and absorbing as much as I could about HR. I realized and was actually surprised by the fact that I was still utilizing a great deal of what I had learned in college in the HR field as well. And so from there, I kind of just opened myself up to, to more opportunities, right? The first was outside of the nonprofit sector, so I could continue to experience HR. I still wasn't fully convinced it was the career for me. I didn't feel like I was necessarily using my full potential, but then I had the opportunity to join a tech startup at a really early stage, and that changed everything. Um, I didn't experience as much red tape anymore. I felt innovative, creative. I was tapping into solutions, driven versus, uh, well, that's just how it is approach. And so I really started to love HR at this point. 
Plus, when you join a startup at that stage, you get to do so many different things, wear all of the hats. And so I really believe that this experience I gained in just my two years as a generalist in this role could have taken me five or more years at another company. So yeah, I got to see and dive headfirst into everything under the HR umbrella. And I just continued to take on roles from there with more increased scope, more responsibility in tech startups. I really loved to build, to create efficiencies, to figure things out for the first time, set things up for scale. And I think I was also lucky enough to have just amazing leaders who believed in me, who pushed me outside my comfort zone, who trusted me and encouraged me and took time to teach me new things. I was just really eager to learn and to take on more because it was also intriguing to me. And so before I knew it, I had a passion for my job, for HR, and I think my passion really coupled with my thirst for understanding and staying relevant in all things related to HR is what led me to where I am today. And it's, yeah, it's weird to say I truly love what I do now. That's great. And always great to hear that people have that passion and that love for their career. It's really great to hear that you kind of found it later, right? That you weren't expecting to pursue a career in HR, but through your passion for people, you found that sweet spot. You had that aha moment and have continued to grow from there. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Cassandra. Um, I love that you mentioned there was that initial misconception. We actually had a recent episode that was tackling that, the misconception of HR within organizations that they're not the fun police, uh, that there's more to the HR role than just having to deal with compliance and the negative people issues. But then there's also so much great that you can do for people and that passion for people really is what drives so many of the professionals who are in the community like yourself. So yeah, that's all great. And I love hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really nailed it there. I think if I was just the fun police, this would not be the role for me. So I love hearing too about your background in technology and really finding your home with startups. That puts you in a great position to speak to the intersection of technology in the HR field. So where do you see technology today making its greatest impact on HR teams? Yeah, so I think historically and especially recently with current climate, you know, in many tech and startup companies, HR teams do run on the thinner side, right? Technology has the ability to support HR teams, though, to still be very high functioning, regardless of their size, by removing a lot of these manual processes and admin tasks. Tech also reduces the room for human error. Even the most detailed-oriented folks still make mistakes, so why leave that to chance? So when you're decreasing the time spent on these manual tasks, this frees up your HR teams to focus on bigger picture items, um, employee engagement and satisfaction, driving business goals, et cetera. Teams now can expand the level of support they provide to employees, candidates, and to the business as a whole. Not to mention, and we, we sort of chat about this, I think HR tech has made HR roles more enjoyable overall because I don't believe many of us join the field to do data entry all day, every day. Most of us are in HR to make an actual impact, and now we have more time to do that. So I know personally, I enjoy my job more um, when time-consuming manual tasks are taken over by tech and automated. But yeah, I guess overall, tech has really made like a massive positive experience on the HR industry. Oh, that's great. It's been really interesting and great to see the impact of self-service tools on the community, on the, the HR role within organizations where again, you're empowering employees to handle so much of that data entry, to have also access to the information that again may have bogged down and eaten up the 40 to 50 hours a week that you can really commit to a role and free up that time to focus more on the people piece of the puzzle. 
uh, that's really ultimately bringing so many HR leaders like yourself into the space in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have the opportunity now to be more strategic now that we are not so hyper-focused, right, on entering all of the data. And it's just been amazing. Yeah. Now, one thing you shared about your time now in the past year at Jasper that's unique, and again, we don't have the opportunity to talk about this as much in current times as we may have in the past, is scaling and growing a team. I think so many teams right now are going through a difficult period in 2023 of downsizing, right? Layoffs that have been unfortunately very prevalent. You're uniquely positioned where you've been able to grow. And, and as we said at the top, you've now got over 200 employees at Jasper AI growing from 25. So looking at that scaling and onboarding process, how has technology really helped those efforts and how can it continue to be an asset for HR teams as they look to scale and grow their teams and onboard new employees? Yeah. So Listen, I've, I've seen some wildly cool things out there recently. I've seen, you know, AI that actually handles scheduling interviews and chatting with candidates. I've seen and experienced myself recorded asynchronous video interviews. And of course, you know, like I said, countless developments in AI for recruiting. So this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think having too much tech involved in your hiring efforts, you start to walk this really fine line between the tech being beneficial versus the value of the human experience. Not to mention, you, you can miss out on some really great candidates. You know, AI algorithms might lead to a top candidate actually being ruled out. All of that being said, I think there is no one size fits all for selecting tech for hiring efforts or really tech for any HR efforts. You should always start with a plan, you know, write out what you're trying to accomplish or what problems you're trying to solve and go from there. Some of these recruiting tech solutions that I find a little less personal, you know, can really benefit some other teams. It depends on the company, the intended outcome and their hiring goals. I think something more on the new side um, that can be incredibly beneficial for, for hiring efforts and for the recruiting teams themselves, and this is actually the industry I currently work in in generative AI, um, generative AI can be a game changer and time saver for creating job descriptions, sourcing outreach, responding to candidate. You know, it takes so much time to draft and fine tune all these items. So I think it's great to have a bit of help from AI when it comes to writing. You know, I know I've used it for my job descriptions and I'm like, wow. <laughs> What an awesome experience. Um, and I feel like, of course, it goes without saying, like having a strong ATS is crucial. And, and these have been around for some time, but I think they get better and better. So I think finding a tool with good data and analytics that also integrates with other tools your company is using, in my opinion, like that's a critical tool that should be selected very strategically. I think without a high functioning ATS, your recruiting efforts are going to be hindered. Yeah, the data access is really interesting and again something so unique in that you can now see who your candidates or who the interested candidates are early on really refine what you're looking for find that optimal candidate but also track trends see again what your current job description what your current posting is garnering is that matching what you're looking for and really react off of that it gives you a unique tool to really find that perfect candidate yeah absolutely and that's definitely something you know we've practiced at times i think Either it's changing the title of your job post, right? Because you're seeing the candidates come in and you're like, we maybe missed the mark somewhere, whether it's revising what's actually in the job description itself. And so being able to have all of that in one place is really beneficial. I mean, it helps you stay absolutely organized as well, which I think is a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And teams are learning to use AI, as you mentioned, and really use it to their advantage. 
AI is certainly at the forefront of so many discussions within the business world. But I think teams are learning how to use that as a tool to help them in a lot of these tasks and make them more efficient, which clearly can benefit teams as they're looking to scale, looking to hire and do it at capacity and make that process faster and more efficient. Uh, Who doesn't want that? Exactly. That's great. So looking at another piece of the hiring process, the candidate experience, I think that is so essential. and, And so much of what we're hearing is creating that great candidate experience can really be the difference maker with acquiring top talent. So how is technology really helping to keep the candidate experience personal and positive overall when, again, it's an automated process? The the human element, in theory, is taken out of it. How can you really use technology to keep it personal? This is such a good question. I think, again, it's about finding the right balance. Um, You want to think carefully about which parts can be automated, streamlined, or the like by technology, and then ask yourself, but would using this tech to replace this human process also remove the human experience for the candidate? I am such a strong believer that job interviews are a two-way street. So I want any candidate I'm speaking to or my team is speaking to, to like me, to like us, just as much as we like them. And so I feel like with too much technology involved at times, it doesn't give anyone a great sense of each other. Like, for example, async video interviews. I know these are becoming a lot more popular but they don't really allow for any conversation to naturally flow, for follow-up questions to be asked, or for the candidate to get a good sense of a real human behind a company. Also, another one, personality assessment tools. I really wish that these assessments would stop being part of any interview process. Not only is this like one of the least personal experiences that you can provide to a candidate, but I don't know if you've personally taken any of these. Have you taken any? Yeah, in the past, I certainly have it's tough to dial down somebody's personality into a few questions. Exactly. And I think the questions too are always so strange and they're often downright confusing, right? Yeah. And so I think there are some things that are more beneficial than others. And again, it's finding what works for you, your company, your goals, that that really is important. But I think just remembering, you know, there's people on the end of this. Yeah. Well, look, as somebody who hosts a podcast, I clearly value conversation. You've got to tread that line carefully to where you can over over tech something, for, for lack of a better term, and lose that human element, lose that touch point to where you really get a sense of a person, who they are, what they could bring to your team. Yeah, and I, I do think that there's tech and then there's automation in tech, right? And so I think there's still tech that you can really use that is beneficial to the candidate experience. And again, I'm gonna talk the ATS and generative AI, right? Like my favorite feature in a lot of the applicant tracking systems or the ATS is the ability to create a set of questions for interviewers, or at least a way for interviewers to document the questions that they're asking. And these questions can be viewable by other interviewers to see. I think using a feature like this in your tech, it's incredibly helpful because let's be real, uh, we've all been there. Nobody likes to go through three rounds of interviews and be asked the same questions numerous times. You know, I've thought that I'm like, I've already answered this four other times, right? It can appear to the candidate that you're very disorganized or that the team is underprepared and like you don't really matter as much. So I think partnering tech with also the human experience is important. And again, generative AI, like, As much as generative AI is game-changing for recruiting teams, I think it's also creating a real personal and unique experience for candidates. For example, um, I've personally been victim of the generic templated outreach approach, right? And I know it's templated because the language was still left in the message by accident. Like, 
hello, Cassandra, I see you work as insert job title here, which like, I get it, right? We're human, these things happen. But what really catches my eye is something different, something that I can tell has been more personalized for me or something that's creative. That type of outreach from a recruiter always sparks my interest a bit more. So again, I think Generative AI is a great tool to assist in unique outreach and, and response with candidates, but can also really help save time. Well, looking more even broadly at technology, there's some features too that can certainly make the process more personal, even as simple as being able to have a video call with anyone globally at this point. It allows teams to expand their search if they are fully remote. It allows teams to more easily have one-on-one interviews and get to know the person more quickly and efficiently than previous times of flying somebody in and setting up those interviews and really taking up a full day. You can get 30 minutes onto a calendar, meet a candidate, get a sense of if they're the right fit. And if they're not, you're not wasting time. It can make you more efficient, but also keep that personal touch. Yeah, exactly. I sometimes even forget like Zoom is considered a technology. It's just like such a way of life right. now, especially I've been working for remote and hybrid companies since 2018. So way prior to the pandemic, but Absolutely. I think even if you're interviewing at a company that's in your hometown, right? Sometimes you remember people still have jobs. It is easier for them to jump into a 30-minute Zoom interview than it is for them to commute to an office, have an interview, drive back home, right? So I think absolutely leveraging Zoom as a technology is a massive piece of the puzzle these days. Yeah. Meet prospective candidates. And again, as you're walking someone through the candidate process, still have that ability to check in if sometimes these things take longer than than necessary. You can still have that personal touch of being able to check in, get a sense of where the candidate's at, reassure them that you're still moving forward with the process and really make that whole candidate experience great. There's certainly some great ways to utilize technology. And I mean, we're, we're not even talking about the simple features like LinkedIn uh, that again has changed the game in terms of being a candidate in the market and also finding great talent. Yeah, LinkedIn is, um, I think we've seen LinkedIn become more and more prominent these days. Um, I know resumes are less frequent or less, I mean, people aren't always sending resumes. Your sources are out there looking at LinkedIn profiles. And so your LinkedIn should be just as strong as your resume as well. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the concerns, maybe some of the challenges that technology can bring into the hiring process, you touched on it earlier, but what can teams do to get out in front of some of those challenges? Yeah, so... This is a good question because I think this topic has been trending with a ton of debate around it recently, I think, especially when it comes to biases in hiring processes that lean on technology. The thing is, with with both humans and technology, bias does exist. We can take all the steps to mitigate bias, be as proactive as possible, but the reality is, like, it is still there. And so this new law in New York City, for example, the one that's been in the media quite a bit, it's been postponed a few times, and it it is incredibly interesting to me. Um, If you don't know about it, in in super simple terms, this law is going to prohibit employers from using AI and algorithm-based technologies for recruiting, for hiring, and for promotion without these tools first being audited for bias. And so, well, I totally get it. AI is a massive time saver. It's also not perfect. Um, I know I already mentioned that AI recruiting tools can sometimes bypass great candidates, but it can also unintentionally create some biases as well. So we can't yet ensure that algorithms are promoting equity. I think a ton is being done in this area. Vendors are proactively building and testing their tools against bias, but we still aren't entirely there yet. And so 
my best recommendation is for recruiters and HR teams to monitor their pipeline from start to finish, continue to do this. This seems to be the best and only way right now to detect where bias might lurk or where it might be newly emerging. Yeah, continue to keep your hands in the process, right? It should always be a hands-on process, even though you are automating a lot of the functions. Still guide through it, keep that human element along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you have to be aware that bias exists in these tools. Like you cannot deny it. You can't turn a blind eye to it and say, oh, AI is just doing it, right? Being aware that it's there and that it can possibly exist in your tools and running those checks and balances for it. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. So looking at, again, the hiring process and you're going through it firsthand and bringing so many new team members into Jasper AI, how has technology really impacted and helped the onboarding process for new employees? You got them in the door. Has technology really been able to impact and improve that onboarding process? Oh, gosh. It has had such a tremendous impact on onboarding, a very positive one, too, for both HR teams and new hires. I actually love, love, love to talk about this. Um, very passionate about onboarding and onboarding experience and how tech improves that. So I could talk about it all day, but I'm going to try and be <laughs> concise here for, for the sake of time. Um, so I think first, you know, you mentioned like, oh, day one is here, but there's there's this phase called pre-boarding as well, which this starts before a new hire's first day. Um, I think this is a really important piece of the puzzle. So all of the pre-boarding has the ability to be automated, easy, smooth for both the HR team and the new hire, if you have the right tech stack. And so the way I look at it is the more admin items you can remove from a new hire's first day or first week where they're already feeling overwhelmed, they're starting a new job, right? The better, you know, eliminate all of that from their first day. So tasks such as completing paperwork, setting up direct deposits, um, signing up for benefits, this can all be handled well before an employee joins the company. Not to mention, you can also now automate all types of communication with your new hires as well during different stages of this process. So they still feel valued, prioritized, prepared for day one. They don't feel like you've forgotten about them. So for example, one of our automated email communications that we use for our new hires, it's all about what their first day is going to entail. So this includes a schedule. Um, they know where, when, and how to show up for things such as new hire orientation, security trainings, et cetera. So this is always sent five days prior to them joining our team automatically from our onboarding tool. And then I think there are so many other things that can be automated, you know, as it relates to onboarding as well, such as uh, various account creations, adding people to the correct distribution list, Slack channels, tools, permissions, like you name it, it can all be done effortlessly with, with tech automations. And again, this benefits the employee, your HR team, and your IT team massively. So... I just, I certainly remember like time where all of this was manual for people teams. I do not miss it one bit. Like, gosh, earlier in my career, I would spend hours upon hours every single week in this pre-boarding phase. So not only is it incredibly time consuming, but again, this human error piece um, where things slip through the cracks. And when this happens, this actually leads to a poor new hire experience as well, which is what you absolutely want to avoid. So and then once an employee's first day rolls around, like, like you mentioned before, I mean, tech continues to play a massive part in the experience. But again, it's, it's important, this whole, whole term of balance that I keep using. You don't want to entirely remove the humans from the process. That experience is going to leave employees feeling disconnected to the organization. They're not going to understand your culture. And so 
you still always want to aim to be as human-centric as possible. So coupling your tech with human interaction. So for example, at Jasper, we we do balance human-led sessions with onboarding content in our LMS. And then even our LMS content, we've been really strategic where we've really tried to humanize that experience too. So there's video interviews from our leadership team, um, Loom recordings from team members introducing their departments and things like that. So um, again, we also have those automated communications, you know, they're kind of breadcrumbs we leave throughout their entire first month, little tidbits of things they might wanna be involved with, such as like our social connection programs, soon to be our ERGs and, and some other items. So technology, as I said, has changed employee onboarding for the better for everybody involved. And I, I just can't express that enough. I love building out a great onboarding experience now using technology. Absolutely. Those are great examples too. And it's great cases for where technology can really help onboarding and even pre-boarding. I'm so glad you brought that piece up too. And that is such an essential part of the new hire experience. And when you can automate some of the initial content early on, that sets the employee up for their first day where they feel prepared. They feel like they know what they're getting into. Again, a lot of that early paperwork can be out of the way. The fact that you can automate and send maybe asynchronous video, on-demand video with interviews all the way up to your C-suite, like that's a great opportunity where, again, oftentimes you try to set that up and make that happen in an employee's first week or two. But timing-wise, you're, you're trying to juggle schedules and you can pre-record an introductory video with the head of your organization. That's a great opportunity, a great way to, to again, make an employee feel welcomed and feel like they're getting some C-suite access from day one. Yeah. I think the other thing too is like we have to remember even our our leadership team, right? They're humans with lives as well. And there are those times where it's like somebody's on vacation. Now a new hire is not going to get this experience because, you know, somebody's out of office and they're not going to get to meet so and so. And so I think we always try and consider that as well of this, especially in this hybrid work environment, um, remote work environment. Remote companies can be all over the world now, right? And time zones can be really tricky to navigate. So I think really thinking like, where can tech be beneficial for us? Where can it help create a scalable process that's also enjoyable? Yeah. I mean, we've all been there hiring new team members. And while you like to think that the weeks or days leading up to a new hire starting, you're able to have plenty of time to prepare and be ready to go. Sometimes things come up, right? We're all human. We've got <laughs> uh, we've, we've got calendars that fill up with different things and unexpected parts of life come up. And when you can automate some of those processes or bring technology in to, to smooth those out and ensure that you're not missing any piece of the puzzle, that's great. That's just going to create a better experience, tighten things up, make things easier to manage and make a better experience for those new hires when they come in and they feel part of the team. They feel seen, recognized, and excited to be starting their new journey in their career. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. So looking at that journey in careers and beyond even the new hire phase, you touched on LMS a bit too. So where can technology then continue to support employee growth and career development after that onboarding? As they're a few months in, maybe a few years into a role, I love just seeing where technology can help there. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I'm going to be really transparent here too. Like I am no expert on this, right? Um, We're all learning. Yeah. (laughs) So there are so many different learning and development platforms out there right now. I've really loved the emergence of an LXP, you know, the learning experience platform. I was actually lucky enough to work in this industry for a bit. I absolutely loved it. And I think all this tech is really beneficial. And it's about finding what's right for your business, your employers, what type of employees you have, what industry are you in, right? Um, what I do know is that companies, they benefit greatly from their employees upskilling. 
talent development is absolutely something that should be invested in. You know, employees really own their careers, but I think HR teams have this responsibility um, and should be working with them, with their managers, to provide some type of infrastructure that enables employees to develop and work towards career aspirations. One tool that I've really loved for supporting employee growth lately is Lattice. Um, they have this function called Grow, and it's it's different than anything else I've really seen out there. I remember the first time I saw it, my job was like hanging. And this empowers employees to really have agency over their own career growth. It helps turn managers into more of career coaches. It brings development conversations front and center. Um, the unique thing is it also incorporates competency matrices into the discussion. So I love competencies. I think that these are game changing when it comes to understanding like current expectations of your role, of your skill set. Um, when it comes to learning and development, career growth, right? Like, what do I need to do to get to the next level? What are those skills? What are those behavioral, you know, aspects that I need to need to get to? And so. I'd say like I highly recommend investing in competencies or even, again, there's tech out there that incorporates these competencies and these these skills into career development. Yeah. So looking at HR professionals, if you had to pick one skill that HR professionals, especially budding HR professionals, those who are growing their career, had to focus on and really try to develop, what would that be? What's a skill that could be an asset and our newer class of HR professionals should be looking at as they want to grow? Yeah. You know, there's there's so many different disciplines of HR. And so that's like a really broad question. I think it depends where you're working. I think the pandemic has had like this new emergence of what HR means. And I love it. Like I am so here for it. I think businesses started to lean on HR professionals more than they had previously. They're starting to realize, oh, wow, we need them to solve this problem, right? They understand our people. They understand the decisions we make and how they impact our people. And so I think with that, you know, the career of HR is changing a bit. You know, we kind of joked about it earlier, like we're no longer just fun police, you know, policymakers, rule enforcers, all of that. And I think there's this really big strategic approach now. And so I'd say that's something that's that's emerging more is like this strategy, right? And identifying areas for opportunity and knowing how to execute on these opportunities. And so, I don't know, it's kind of a roundabout answer. I think too, like tech is becoming a a big skill you have to understand in HR. We're seeing that more and more now as well. But yeah, having that business strategy acumen, I think, as you said, is crucial. Yeah. As HR is having more of a voice at the C-suite level, and I think the value is really coming to the forefront of where HR can impact your business in so many ways. We, again, tying back to previous conversations we've had on the podcast, where it's crucial to have HR involved in so many aspects of your business. I think companies, organizations are, are waking up to that. So to flip that to the HR professionals, right? Understand how you can be really strategic, understand more general business practices and how you can use your knowledge base and integrate that into strategy. I think is crucial and really could be a difference maker for a lot of up and coming HR professionals. Absolutely. All right. So we're here chatting today with Cassandra Margolin, head of people operations at Jasper. Cassandra, looking at HR technology, if you had to pick one task, one job function that HR professionals should start bringing technology into immediately, what would that be? And then on the flip side, what's one task that automation and tech should really be lessened in and not be as much in the forefront? Okay. Yeah. Great questions. I mean... I feel like after my last answer, it goes without saying like 
onboarding. If you are automating some of your onboarding processes, it just feels like a disservice to yourself, your team, and new hires at this point. But aside from that, I think another one is uh, compliance-related tasks. Um, this not only protects your business immensely, but it removes headaches for your team. Things such as harassment courses, policies that need to be signed, automate it all. Automating compliance also leads to more accurate tracking, and it's just truly a win all around. As for something that you should leave automation out of, um, this is an interesting question because it's, I think you said automation more than just tech. So I'm going to try my best here. I think anything related to managing your employees or employee relations should never be automated. Now, that's not to say that using tech won't benefit these areas, but as far as automation goes, let's pump the brakes there. Let's treat employees like the individuals they are. So I think like for an example, one-on-ones with teammates, right? These should never be automated. I think while preceding a one-on-one conversation, tech such as like an update or a check-in form, like this can be very beneficial at framing conversations. But the conversation piece is the most important part of a check-in with your team members. Um, Sometimes responses are hard to phrase. uh, Tone can be difficult to read via writing. And so something more sensitive, even that can be hard to put into words. Discussions in person, or more commonly these days, as we talked about via Zoom, these are more critical. Conversations allow you to dive deeper with your people, to discuss topics uh, more openly, and really, they just allow you to get to know your people. That human element of a one-on-one is just far too important to automate. Yeah, we've all lost tone in email. We've all seen that happen, or in, in text, where, again, you can have a conversation with someone, you really get a sense of where they're coming from. They may say things are great. And until you get on a call with them, you can see, okay, you're just giving me lip service. Let's dig a little deeper here and and make sure you're good. Or again, if someone's really excited about something, you can really get that and that can energize you as you have a conversation and understand, okay, this is where they're passionate. Let's focus in there as we're trying to make their career experience better and tap into their passions. You'll sometimes get that off of a conversation that you may not get through automating, right? Or through putting too much tech into a process. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, picking up on those human behaviors um, through a real conversation, right, goes such a long ways. And I think it creates, obviously, it's so important to know your people and to create this like authentic space for you to have conversations and be vulnerable and be transparent with each other. And I just don't believe that can all happen via automations or via just writing. Yeah, really well said. All right. So Cassandra, you've now been with Jasper for a little over a year now. And again, in your role, as I mentioned, you guys have scaled from 25 to over 200 employees since joining the group. So I'd imagine you've learned a lot in your last year plus with the company and in this role. What's the one thing that sticks out that you've maybe learned about yourself over the last year that's made you a better leader with the group? Oh, goodness. Um, Honestly, this has been a wild year for me. Um, This was the year of pushing myself outside my comfort zone. I actually picked up my entire life almost a year ago. I moved across the country. I had to start building a new life while also starting this new job in the largest position I've ever held. A lot of changes, yeah. So many. And so I'd say like everything in my personal and professional life has challenged me, but in the best ways. And I've I've really grown more this past year than I ever have. And so maybe one of the biggest things I've learned about myself is that I tend to stress too much over things that I cannot control. And so this happens definitely in my personal life, my work life as well. But I've been putting a lot of attention to this lately since I've kind of realized this. And 
I think it probably stems from me being just a wee bit of a perfectionist. And so now I'm just being really intentional about this. You know, I'm even talking to my team about it. Things come up, they're beyond our control. And just reminding them, reminding myself to instead go with the flow a bit more, instead be really solutions oriented on what is in our power. If something isn't happening how we planned because of this outside factor, just breathe, focus on what's within our scope and and on a new way forward. On top of that, I've also learned this is maybe going to sound a bit corny, but um, I'm capable of so much if I'm open to new challenges and opportunities and being okay with failure. And again, this is my personal life, my work life. And, you know, I've, I've said yes to so many new experiences this year that I thought I would never do, that I would never want to do. I mean, this podcast is is a great example of that. We talked about this. This is my first ever podcast. And I don't know, I, I feel capable of it now. And is it going to be wildly successful? Who knows? But I do know that I'm okay with the fact that it might not be. At least I tried. I've given it my all. And I'm a better person because I've opened myself up to, to this new opportunity. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I can assure you, you are killing it for your first podcast. So job well done there. But yeah, I, I love what you said there too, again, about being open to opportunities. I think what we're seeing too is this idea of work-life blend, right? What we're learning in our work life and what we're learning in our personal life, those overlap so often. Uh, and I think recognizing that, seeing that, again, there's a lot of value in growth on both sides and they can play off each other. That That's awesome. But again, taking on, yeah, these new opportunities in this past year, you're going to learn so much out of that. And, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's That's really exciting. Now, again, as you've grown as a professional in the people operations and HR space, has there been a piece of information, a piece of advice that you've leaned on along the way that has really helped you out, that's been kind of a guiding light that you could share with our audience of HR professionals? Think of it almost like a pay it forward process. What's something that you've leaned on, a piece of advice that has helped you along your way? Gosh, maybe two things come to mind. One's a bit cheesy. So again, I'll start with the one that isn't. We can get cheesier. It's okay. I don't know. I'm being extra cheesy today. This is really unlike me. But um, I think the one that's less cheesy is someone told me early in my career to always lead with empathy. This really stuck with me. This is with me every day. Um, I don't think that you can work in HR or recruiting without practicing empathy in all that you do. You know, just having that ability to understand the needs of others, being aware of their feelings and thoughts, you know, see your employees, team members, candidates as whole people with emotions and treat them that way. And so I think that's a, a really great approach. I, I preach it with managers that I coach as well and taking this empathetic approach to it. Everybody has a personal life outside of work. And although work is, is such a critical part of people's lives. I mean, it's their livelihood, right? It's how they pay their bills, feed their families, take care of themselves. And so those two things and having respect and empathy for both, I think is really important. And then I think the second piece of advice, it was, it was definitely more personal and this might not help anyone, but it helped me really professionally the past few years. And so I think it's important because it did sort of change things from me. And and I think the biggest piece is that it came from someone that I admire so much, um, Gianna Driver. I know she's had a Faces interview. She's done a few things with you all. But she said something along the lines of me that was like, you know, Cassandra, you're just you're capable of so much. And I'm not sure you realize that just yet. She said, you know, I know you're going to do amazing things. Don't sell yourself short. I think just knowing how much potential she saw in me, it made me gain a bit more confidence in myself and in my abilities. And sometimes you just need to hear that you're great at what you do. And 
it did. It allowed me to seize the next opportunities in my career. And it's always in the back of my mind. And I'm just forever grateful for that that career conversation. Oh, that's so good. Sometimes hearing it from your peers, hearing it from your colleagues who you respect and getting that validation that you're doing a great job, that you're capable of so much can go such a long way. And that's great advice for our audience to think about too, is maybe you've got people in your lives that you can, again, encourage and really push and make an impact on. But yeah, thank you for sharing that, Cassandra. That, that is fantastic. So again, we're here with Cassandra Margolin, Head of People Operations at Jasper AI. Cassandra, what are you excited about that's going on right now? Do you have anything happening at Jasper AI or just professionally that you're excited about? And certainly you can share with our audience where they can learn more Yeah. I mean, what am I not excited about (laughs) Jasper AI right now? um, Being at the forefront of this generative AI space is incredibly cool. I think when you work in HR, right, your product or what your company is doing isn't always something that's important, right? It's more the culture and the people there and the leadership. But oh man, it makes such a difference to be a part of a company where you are just so excited about what they are doing. And so we are consistently innovating. We just held our first ever, um, the first ever generative AI conference and just amazing to see how much passion is in this industry and um, how game-changing it's all going to be, right? To just be on the forefront of this massive movement. And so just very excited about everything we have going on. And so yeah, if you're curious, want to learn more about Jasper, you know, jasper.ai. Um, we are still hiring to take a look at our, our career board, um, our Glassdoor reviews, and um, would love to connect with everybody on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. And we will certainly link to your LinkedIn through our site post on HR Daily Advisors. So again, we encourage anybody listening there who wants to learn more, go there to do so. Uh, speaking of HR Daily Advisor, we're also excited to be having Cassandra joining an upcoming panel that, again, we'll be releasing this episode after the panel takes place, but it is Modernizing HR with Technology, and that's presented as part of our HR Tech Week. So for those listening, you can access and watch that panel on demand through HR Daily Advisor. Also check out Cassandra's Faces of HR column that we ran back in January 2023. That's a great one. So certainly check out hrdailyadvisor.com for that information. Great way to keep the conversation going here with Cassandra. But again, Cassandra, it has been great having you on the HR Works podcast. Now, before we let you go, we close out every episode with this one question, and it's all about motivation. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what is the one thing that gets you motivated to start the day? Man, that's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm a morning workout person. I think that's kind of what motivates me too. I, I get very excited to get on my Peloton or go to my F45 class, right? That keeps me motivated. I know that if that's something I do not do in my day, the rest of the day is not going to be fantastic. I'm true believer in those endorphins, working out any stressors before you start your days. And so definitely puts a, a bit of a pep in my step to start my day. Well, that's great and a great way to close out. So again, Cassandra Margolin, Head of People Operations at Jasper AI. Thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. You were a fantastic guest for your first podcast ever. This is a great way to start. So thank you. And I hope we get to keep the conversation going. Thanks for joining. No, thanks so much. This was a blast. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 